Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recorded live. Well, every year, Mark comes to, uh, well, comes here just to sing for us, right? Yeah. And I wish to, you may wish that everybody were here today. They would really have appreciated that. And I don't, I just don't quite know you yet, but that was good. You're good enough that I may want to get to know you. Well, well, that you know that. Well, that's great. Glad you could visit with us today. Have you ever been here before? Will you ever come back? <laughs> Boy, you just you just margined out on that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, February the twenty eighth. Oh, we're off to a good. We got learners here. And when and when uh, Nathan talks about the other program, we have quite a few folks online in Sunday school, and now uh, we're live as well. <clears throat> we have been discussing the Ten Commandments as a view to their covenant, and then how Jesus took those Ten Commandments and applied them, added to them, did whatever he was going to do to them, and then we came into apostolic authority to see whether they... Um, accepted those as a part of the new covenant. So that's been the progress all the way through. We're on number 10. We have probably one more week, and after this, maybe two more weeks. Uh, The 10th one, which is thou shalt not covet. Now, if you've been practicing it, it's time to quit it. We have established in the previous lesson that the New Testament as well as the Old Covenant uh, prohibits, prohibits coveting. But the meaning from the Old Testament, the application from the Old Testament, spills over into the meaning of the word as it is used in the New Testament as well. And so we want to start, go back to the Old Covenant and look at it a little more closely to expand our understanding of what that term means. And each of these commandments that are dealing with horizontal issues are all established because something else behind the scenes is applicable or applicable, such as thou shalt not steal. Well, what's the motive behind that commandment is the value of property control. And we developed that. <clears throat> this one, that's just an illustration. This one, the matter of covenant, has to deal 
uh, with the attempt of many hoping to bring all things into a state of equilibrium. Coveting means that those who have something that you do not have, a possession or an attribute, now I can covet your ability, but I can't steal it, but I can covet it, and I can wish that I could have it so much so that I will hamper his ability to do what it is he can do. Covenanting is a broad word, and we got involved in that. We've decided, we've looked at greed, we've looked at uh, jealousy, we've looked at envy, and the meaning of those terms uh, scripturally. But <clears throat> it is true that life in most every way is not equal to anyone else's life. Can any one of you today, don't be afraid to speak up, there's not a whole lot of you here today, can any of you think of anyone who has something different you have in ability, attribute, or possession? Raise your hand. Everyone is up except the liars. Ah, uh, okay. <clears throat> you see, life is not equal. The, the term coveting comes from the idea of wanting to bring everything to equality. And folks, we're not equal. We're not equal in most of most everything. Some of you have hair. We pray for folks like you. About all we can do. But our fingerprints are different. Our IQs are different. So many things about us, no matter who we are and where we are in life, we're different. And if we bring everything into the state of equilibrium, which is the objective of coveting, we become We don't want to be there. That's not how God wants us to be. God is different. He wants us to be unequal. That's in his design, that we are unequal. Even when he gives gifts to the church, he gives so unequally. What's wrong with that? We have different abilities, different, different aspects to our life that we can excel in. Everyone has a difference from somebody else, and we cannot be brought into a state of equilibrium. And so how God deals with that desire is to put a stop to it, don't covet. The differences are what cause the problem in so many societies, as well as in the church, and that's what this topic is about, is how to deal with the differences between people in possessions or attributes. We are taught, first of all, in the scriptures, to be content. That's the antidote. Learn to be content. How many of you agree with that? We got a hand up. Some of you haven't come, come quite to grasp with that yet. We have to learn to be content. We've, we've studied that in Paul's writings on that. We are not to crave the possessions or attributes of anyone else 
as if they were our own or wishing them to become our own through one means or another. We're to be satisfied and content with our own ability. And that maybe a little more later. <clears throat> that those things that we covet, coveting pertains to those things and attributes that in themselves do not bring contentment. Now, I don't know, you probably all are coveting my old red truck out there. 20 years old, 300,000 miles. How many of you are really coveting that? I don't see any hands on that one. But even if you had it, it probably wouldn't satisfy your coveting nature. What's that, Gail? Oh, all right. <laughs> see, there's that desire to bring everything into equilibrium. <clears throat> okay. Well, when we covet, we are hoping to possess by wishing something to obtain it by wishing rather than by working. And all of those things may be available to you, but they have to be through the right process, not because they're someone else's. We're going to go to our text in, in, in um, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 16, and we're going to look at uh, Achan for just a few moments today. <clears throat> As an example, there is a development of this commandment in the Old Testament, three different Hebrew words that spring off of this one in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 17. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. Any question about what we're not to covet there? You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. As I said last week, it may depend on what your neighbor's wife looks like. Or his male servant. Or his female servant. Or his ox. Those are his tools of industry. His donkey. or And then this... I'd like to kind of scratch this out because then he, he expands it to include what? Any. What does that leave out? Leaves nothing out. Not to covet anything. Whoa, that's a tough one. Now, the, the word there uh, for that text, uh, shemad, in the Hebrew, and it means to delight in. It means to, to find your joy outside yourself, and, and your joy is directed toward what others have, have, rather than how you can be involved in the aiding of making their life better. That's that word, shemad all involved in that. And we have an illusion that of joy. It is discovered that the illusion is discovered in what it is that another possesses or in some attribute they have. The illusion is that there is joy if we had what they've got. 
That's an illusion. That's delusional. Go with me to Joshua. That's basically the definition. But let's go to Joshua and see and look at an example. Chapter 7, verse 1. But the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully in regard to the things under the ban. We'll talk about the ban in just a moment. For Achan, what's the name? Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah. Great names for your new boys. Uh, from the tribe of Judah took some of the things under the ban. Therefore the anger of the Lord burned against the sons of Israel. Now keep that in mind because we're going to explain that in just a moment a little bit further. <clears throat> Go with me now to chapter 7 and verse 25 or Deuteronomy chapter 7. <clears throat> so you say that the flu is going around, Nathan? Sure seems like it's uh, kind of hit. I'm sure glad it didn't hit um, tomorrow. Everybody will be well tomorrow, right? All right, look at, look at Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 25. <clears throat> and my comment here is that Achan is providing us with a very, very tragic example. He's been warned two times. Here's one. The graven image of their gods you are to burn with fire. You shall not covet Shemad. You are not to covet the silver or the gold that is on them, nor take it for yourselves, or you will be snared by it. For it is an abomination to the Lord your God. So Achan had been warned to be warned. Let's go to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. Is he getting those up on the board? Oh, wow, maybe I should just read it. All right. Look, look at Joshua 6.18. But as for you, only keep... I didn't know you were doing that. That's great. I guess I can just shut up and sit down. <laughs> let, him flip the, let him flip the windows. But as for you, only keep yourselves from the thing under the ban. So there are limitations. See, God is sovereign. He has made us as like himself. We are sovereign beings. God restricts the exercise of his sovereignty through his word. And we are also restricted with our capability by the word. So that's the meeting point, is the word. God limits what he will and can do by his word. And we are to be limited by his word. There are a lot of things we can do that we ought not do. We can covet. But we ought not covet because there's a word that says we ought not do that. So we, our sovereignty is limited. We have, we have finite sovereignty. God has infinite sovereignty. But we both have capability of doing what we ought not do, and so the word is the controlling device, as it is to God. All right, in 
this verse goes on. But as for you, only keep yourselves from the thing under the ban. That's the limitation. God placed it upon man. You can do some things, but some things you can't do. You have the capability of doing a lot of things that you ought not do. So that you do not covet them, there's that word again, and take some of the things under the ban and make the camp of Israel a curse and bring trouble on it. But all the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They go into the of the Lord. And if you take what belongs to him, you are coveting. And that's theft. In fact, Malachi calls it robbery. So the people shouted and the priests blew the trumpets. And when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with great joy and the wall fell up. Oh, down. You are. Okay, that's good. <clears throat> he is not the warning. You are not to crave the riches of Jericho. You are not to find your joy in the things are the residual of Jericho. But in Joshua chapter 7 and verses 21. <clears throat> Achan gave in to a delightful shemad, to a delightful desire. Verse 20, So Achan answered Joshua and said, Truly I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel, and this is what I did. Now he's going to tell you what it is he did. He coveted first, and when he coveted, he took. When I saw among the spoil... I saw a beautiful mantle from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold, 50 shekels in weight. Then I shemod them. <laughs> I coveted and took them, and behold, they are concealed in the earth inside with the silver underneath. gave in to his delightful desire. That's what the word means. Now go go to chapter 7 with me again and go back to verse uh, verse 5. We have to read this very rapidly because um, there's several verses here that we need to read. Now what happened when, when Achan did the wrong thing because he had coveted Sin, that sin brought judgment upon the whole nation. Now, that's important to remember. In verse 5, the men of Ahi struck down about 36 of their men and pursued them from the gate as far as Jebarim uh, and struck them down on the descent, so the hearts of the people melted and became as water. That will happen to people. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face, and before the ark of the Lord... Until the evening, both he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, why did you ever bring this people over the Jordan, only to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been willing to dwell beyond the Jordan. Still with me? What can I say since Israel has turned their back before their enemies? 
for the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land, and they will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? So the Lord said to Joshua, Rise up. Why is it that you have fallen on your face? Verse 11, Israel has sinned, and they have transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, and they have even taken some of the things under the ban and have both stolen and deceived. They coveted, they stole, and they were deceptive. Moreover, they have also put them under their own things. Oh, now we're getting close to home base. Therefore, the sons of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. Why? Because they had one guy in their camp that went haywire. All it takes is one person not doing the right thing and everything can go wrong. Therefore, the sons of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies, for they have become a curse. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy the things under the ban from your midst. Rise up, consecrate the people, and say, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, for thus the Lord the God said, There are things under the ban in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you have removed the things under the ban from your midst. And it's time the church people begin thinking like God thinks. Verse 14. In the morning then you shall come near by your tribes, and it shall be the tribe which the Lord takes by lot shall come near by family, and the family which the Lord takes shall come near by households, and the households which the Lord takes shall come near. Man, well, they're going to put the the one who is taken with the things under the banner with fire all the result of coveting he and all that belongs to him because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has committed a disgraceful thing in Israel now if you go over with me to verses 25 and 26 so you see his sin was bringing judgment upon the whole nation and then the covenant, when he was found, notice that that judgment lasted upon Israel until Achan was executed. That's found in verse 25 and 26. Joshua said, why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day, and all Israel stoned him with stones. Now, you thought getting stoned was getting drunk. That's not it at all. All Israel stoned them with stones, and they burned them with fire under they had, uh, after they had stoned them with stones. Not only did they get stoned to death. See, that's how God thinks. When you do the wrong thing, you're going to pay the price one way or another, either in this life or in the life to come. And you better make it right now. They raised over him a great heap of stones that stands to this day. And the Lord, I wish I knew that for sure geographically and archaeologically now. I don't know that. Uh, and the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Israel. Now, you see, his sin brought judgment upon the whole nation until the cause behind the sin was eliminated by death. Let me conclude with a couple of thoughts. One man's disobedience 
was not society's individual brought to a complete nation one man the individual was held even though what he had done affected the whole nation of Israel it couldn't be made right until the man was dealt with the one responsible so the individual was held responsible the I don't like about corporations, not that I'm anti that, but one reason for corporations is that they can be fined for a violation much easier than an individual. The individuals are not held responsible today in a lot of our big lawsuits, and they they put lawsuits against corporations for multi-millions because they know they can get it. If it was for an individual, they couldn't. But God doesn't think that way. So that's why we go after the corporation today and that's unfortunate. But nevertheless, that isn't how God thinks. God holds the individual responsible. If a company goes awry and it's the individual's fault, the individual must pay the price in how God thinks. One man's disobedient, but that one man, the individual, was held responsible. The whole nation suffered until that individual was dealt with and punished appropriately. And in God's mind, it meant death because he had violated a ban that he had heard twice. Well, you were hoping I was done. I am. I have to be because the pianist is moving to the piano. <laughs> and he did that intentionally. So next week, next week we're, going, we're going to look at an, another example of uh, the development of this word in the Hebrew and how, how broad it becomes in how it is applied in the New Covenant as well, that we're not to be covetous people. Let's stand as we sing our song tonight. I, I don't have it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.